Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time for Barreled Up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's your, here's your, here's your host, Jim Wiley. Welcome back to the Barreled Up Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Riley. I got to get something off my chest today. The Baltimore Orioles have a serious problem, multiple problems, and we have to bring it up, put it on blast in today's podcast I want to remind everybody, if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe. Turn on the automatic download so you get the content as soon as it is available. You can find this wherever you find your podcast. Maybe you're listening on the Odyssey app. Maybe you're listening on Spotify. Maybe you're listening on Apple. But make sure wherever you get your podcast, you are subscribed and spread the word. Tell your friends about it. If they're into baseball, I think this is a podcast that if you're enjoying it, they're going to enjoy it too. Okay, let's get into this Orioles situation. The problem that the Baltimore Orioles have. And disclaimer, I have no talking points for this. I have no pre-written script. This is going to be coming straight from the heart, if you will. My baseball-loving heart hates to see what's going on with the Baltimore Orioles and their owner, the Angelos family, the ownership, the Angelos family. John Angelos, most recently, was giving an interview to the New York Times' Tyler Kepner. He was quoted, Let's say we sat down and showed you the financial for the Orioles. You will quickly see that when people talk about giving this player $200 million, that player $150 million, we would be so financially underwater that you would have to raise prices massively. Now, John Angelos is certainly not going to show anybody the financials because he's lying number one and number two I don't know if this is a smart businessman when it comes to certain elements of business because let's let's just throw this out there if you improve the quality of your product don't other areas sort of see a financial gain all of a sudden, your television massing, all of a sudden, your in-stadium advertising can cost more. 
because your ratings are going up on Masson, because the gate is increasing with your attendance. So shouldn't you then be able to, if you're a smart businessman, so smart that you're out here trying to explain about why you can't sign players to 200 and $150 million contracts, shouldn't you be smart enough to understand that, well, if we go from a 60-win team to a 100-win team, that's going to mean more eyeballs, more fans in the seats. That's going to mean the advertising revenue is going to increase because the dollar that we can charge is going to increase because more people are going to want to advertise in the stadium, on the television, because, again, the ratings are going up. That's one area where you could find money. You also have partners in the stadium. You have your concession partners in the stadium. You can use the improved product as leverage, saying, I've got other concessioneers that would love to be in here, and the deal we cut with you was when the attendance was here, and now it's way up here because of how great the team is. There are so many business elements that the team benefits from when they're good. Obviously, that makes sense. We understand that. Now, uh, this Angelos family, their business background, because the element that you may want to go down, if you're trying to maybe defend the Orioles, I don't know why you would, but if you're trying to defend the Orioles' ownership at this point, you may say, well, they're trying to run the team like a business. That is obviously a very business statement from John Angelos to that I say this their business is in the legal field is as lawyers that is their business their business is not supposed to be the Baltimore Orioles now if you don't want to take a massive loss lose a hundred million dollars every year I understand that we're not asking for the Orioles to operate like Steve Cohen but we are at a point where, you know what? Sometimes your business may need to operate at a loss for a period of time for long-term gain. The better the team does, the higher the revenue in terms of ticket sales and player contracts. That increases the value of the team if they ever wanted to sell it, which God willing, maybe one day they will actually sell this team. I don't know. I hope somebody comes along and saves Baltimore fans from this Angelos family because it has been decades of this. Now, the team current success is no thanks to that ownership. It is all about scouting and player development. That's how they've gotten here. Mike Elias was on the broadcast tonight. I was listening to the radio broadcast, 98 Rock in Baltimore, on August 22nd. Listening to Mike Elias, he even said as much as this team has been built thanks to player development and the scouting department, which obviously, that's that's a no-brainer, right? It's got to be built on that because it's not going to be built on free agent acquisitions, and it's not built on a savvy ability to trade players because I think Mike Elias' balls are cut off when it comes to those two elements. I think the Angelos family says, 
no and shuts him down that gets us to another element the kevin brown situation don't worry we're going to circle back to the financials but a quick left turn as we sort of touch on the broadcast piece the kevin brown situation that's the second problem now kevin brown is back but the fact that kevin brown was even removed in the first place was a joke and that sort of peels the curtain back as to what the situation is like for the broadcast partners for the broadcasters they have to live in fear of saying anything remotely negative about this team. And for that to be the case, it removes the genuine nature that a broadcaster is trying to establish with their listener. So to a point, the broadcasters are being censored. Now, this happens in other markets. Baltimore's not the only one, but it was on full display when Kevin Brown was suspended for no good reason. There was no reason for him to be suspended. So circling back now to Angelos in the financial situation, really the problem here when we consider where this team is headed and speaking of headed okay we're gonna get back to i told you there's there's no talking points there's no script we're kind of all over the place this is just this is emotion speaking speaking of where the team's headed another an exhibit cue for how john angelos is a moron for the angelos family is just ridiculous this ownership group does not have a deal in place to keep the team in Baltimore at Camden Yards past the end of this year, 2023. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. John Angelos wants to build. John Angelos went to Atlanta and saw how cool the battery is and says, we need to do this in Baltimore. And he wants the funding from the state to do that and he doesn't have any interest in signing until something can be established well john i hate to break it to you but the stadium is nestled in right next to MT Bank Stadium, so you have the ravens as your neighbor you can't expand that way you've got a highway on in on another direction you have a series of uh local businesses that i guess you want to take over anybody ever been to pickles pub or any of those bars or restaurants out there he's coming for you that's God, that's the only area where you can expand you got a warehouse you got railroads you got highways there's nowhere to go john the only thing you could possibly do is again invade that pickles area you're gonna take parking away 
Uh, is that what they're going to... You're going to... I, I, there's literally nowhere for them to create that battery-type feel unless they take parking out of the equation, which they share the parking with the Ravens, so that's not going to happen. That's not an option. You, are you going to tear down the highway? That's not going to happen. It's like a child. It is like a child that wants their way and there is no feasible possibility or course of action that could be set to give that child what they want, but it doesn't matter. They're going to stand there and throw a temper tantrum saying that they should have that thing. John Angelos with this stadium situation is another example. There are five months, less than five months on the deal. Now, Angelos has publicly said that they are not leaving Baltimore and they're going to work something out. They have also Governor Wes Moore, his office has said they are working together on a deal to get this, get the team set up long-term. But the fact that they've had opportunities, the fact that we are now going to start pushing to the 11th hour to get this deal done is a problem. Another problem in a long line of problems. And Orioles fans, maybe the biggest problem is this. You can't even, you're trying, but you can't even enjoy the amazing product that's on the field right now. 77 and 47, two and a half games up in the American League East. One of the best stories in baseball. Completely failed the trade deadline. I don't put that on Mike Elias, though. I am almost I I I would I would bet the farm that Mike Elias was not allowed to do what he wanted to do at the deadline. Because there was an opportunity. And for Jack Flaherty to be the piece, Fujinami to be the piece. That's just, that's a shortcoming. And that is not, in my opinion, what Mike Elias wanted to do. We'll never get it out of him, but I'm certain he wanted to make other moves. Just not going to happen. Jack Flaherty with an ERA over seven now in three starts with the Baltimore Orioles. That's great. That's going to definitely put you over the top. This team, their payroll this year, is less than last year per fan graphs. $86 million was the estimated final 2022 payroll, and right now the estimated 2023 payroll is at $79 million. And John Angelos is preemptively crying poor with that statement that he made earlier. He should just stop talking. John Angelos is part of the problem in Major League Baseball. Not Steve Cohen. Not the Steinbrenners. The teams that are willing to pay their players, they're not the problem. John Angelos and cheapskate owners that refuse to pay players and are... Listen, we're not even there yet, guys. We are not even there yet. Do you understand that... Anthony Santander still has another year of arbitration. Cedric Mullins has two. Austin Hayes, two years of arbitration. Mountcastle is in pre-arbitration. Rutschman has another year of pre-arbitration. Gunnar Henderson has three more years of pre-arbitration. We are not even close 
to real money having to be shelled out yet. And he's already there. Now, it certainly comes from, well, why don't you go the, the thought process of why don't you go the route of what the Atlanta Braves have done, where you lock these players up, you lock somebody like Adley Rutschman into an eight-year deal for $150 million, which would obviously be a value play. Gunnar Henderson, lock him up. Buy out those pre-arbitration years, those arbitration years in the first three years of free agency, $150 million out the door for Gunnar Henderson. That would be the smart thing to do, but he's preemptively crying poor with one of the lowest pay- The 28th payroll in 2023. Now, the one thing you would hope is that maybe the Orioles could operate like the Rays. That's your best case scenario, is that this is a team that can just nail it when it comes to scouting and player development and then move on from guys when they reach that point where you can't pay them anymore. But they're not doing that. And John Angelos is telling you that they're not going to do that by saying $200 million, $150 million, you can't do that. We can't do that. We'll be underwater. So you're not... From that quote that we got yesterday, you're not going to see those deals from the Baltimore Orioles, which is a problem because when Gunnar Henderson reaches free agency, he's a $200 million guy. Adley Rushman, the only thing that could slow him down would be he's a catcher. Maybe he wears down, maybe his knees, whatever. Maybe there are some wear and tear issues with Adley Rutschman and he's not worth as much. But as it looks right now, Adley Rutschman will be the highest paid catcher in the history of Major League Baseball when he becomes a free agent. Orioles are not going to compete with that. The only chance you have to lock him up for those first few years after all of this arbitration nonsense, the only chance you have is if you lock him up now. And John Angelos is essentially saying that's not going to happen here. So that is one of the things the Rays have done. The Rays did that with Springs, Brandon Lau. They did it with Juan Franco. Now that is not looking so good. I'll admit that that is not looking so good right now. But who expected Juan Franco to go have you know girlfriends of you know a certain age? That is unacceptable. So you have a situation where they're not, it doesn't look like they're willing to deploy that part of the strategy that the Rays have done well with. So then you're, again, leaning back to you're going to have to kill it with the development and the scouting, and you're going to have to move on from guys when you can get max value before they have to pay them. Well, I, I to that, I would argue they're not even doing that correctly. Because the prime suspect would have been Anthony Santander this year. Anthony Santander is making $7.4 million this year. He has one more year of arbitration and then he's a free agent. They're not going to be able to pay him. Based on what we're hearing from John Angelos, do not expect the Orioles to sign Anthony Santander long-term. So trade him. And this was a season... When you needed starting pitching in the worst way, I understand Santander is a key bat, but if you are financially making decisions, making financially motivated decisions, then Santander should be on the move. Maybe should already be gone. 
or maybe we'll see him traded during the offseason. But you are going to have a problem. In 2025, so after next season, you're going to be in the final year of arbitration for Mullins and Hayes. So they're going to be making some serious money. You're going to be in the second year of arbitration for Ryan Mountcastle. You're going to be in the first year of arbitration for Adley Rutschman. And I can already see that coming. That is probably going to be one of the highest ARB1 dollar amounts that the Orioles have ever had to pay out. I can see that coming. You'll be in the final year of pre-arbitration with Gunnar Henderson, so you'll be one year away from Gunnar Henderson making some serious money. That'll be 2026. So 2025 is going to be a crucial year, and it's going to be here before you know it. The problem is this, another problem. This Orioles team should be looking at the next 10 years. The next 10 years competing for the American League East and making a run at the World Series. That should be the next 10 years for the Baltimore Orioles. But the problem is, I think that is going to... Oriole fans... I think your legs are going to get cut out from underneath you in about three. When Adley's going into his final year of arbitration, when Gunner's going into his second year of arbitration, when you're starting to look at more dollar more dollars going to Jordan Westberg, Grace Rodriguez, Colton Kowser, you've got Kesson Hirstad not too far away, or Hesson Kirstead not too far away, the number one prospect in baseball, Jackson Holiday. They are going to have to get really savvy with their roster decisions. They're going to have to. They're, they are going to have to have multiple players with that $150 million contract. And again, that may be if they get them at a bargain. That's if you get a deal done with Adley Rutschman in the next 12 months. That's if you get a deal done with Gunnar Henderson in the next 12 to 24 months. Because you, you're going to have a real problem in that 2026, when you're at the final year of arbitration for a lot of these guys, you're, you're, you're looking at having to pay some real money. And I just don't think this ownership is going to do that. And then, of course, there is the looming element of another CBA negotiation in a few years. Before we get to Gunnar Henderson's free agency, we're going to have probably a whole new set of rules that we're working with financially as it is. And hopefully, maybe there will be a floor and John Angelus won't be able to cry poor because he's preemptively doing it right now with the 28th payroll the 28th ranked payroll in Major League Baseball and a ton of players coming that are going to need some serious money. So you've got poor decisions being made with your broadcasters. You have a foolish mindset when it comes to the stadium. You have a guy trying to treat the Orioles like a business. His business is in the legal field, not the baseball team. 
and you have a general manager that wants to do more. Mike Elias said as much. Last year, it was liftoff. What did they do? Kyle Gibson. This trade deadline was an underwhelming haul of players. This is a guy that was with the Astros from 2012 to 2018 and helped build that team up. I don't think the Orioles are going to give him the same shot that he had with Houston. But I could be wrong. Either way, the Orioles have a problem. And I hope that somehow for the fan base, for this group of kids that are coming up together, that they can figure out a way. It is rare that you can look at the next 10 years and say we should compete for the division and for a World Series run every year. It is rare that you have that. The Orioles have that right now. But ownership, ownership might not support it. Like I said, Orioles fans, I think I think this ownership might cut your legs out from underneath you in about three years. Those are my thoughts on this Baltimore Orioles problem, this John Angelos problem. All we can do is keep our fingers crossed for the Orioles. I don't know. Guys, that is going to do it for this Barreled Up Podcast. I do appreciate you coming in and spending your time here listening to the podcast Certainly more content is coming. I have an interview lined up with Robbie Hyde this week. We are going to dive into everything post-trade deadline, second half expectations, playoff pushes. We're going to get into the Orioles. I want to get his opinion on this Orioles situation. And we're seeing some prospects coming up as we're now in a point where a lot of these guys can keep their rookie status, get some good time under their belts, and maybe go help their team earn a draft pick next season with a rookie of the year. So there's a lot happening in baseball. A lot of rookies being called up, a lot of top prospects making their way to the major league level. So I'll be interested to get Robbie's thoughts on that and some of the guys who maybe haven't been called up, like Ronnie Mauricio with the New York Mets. Well, apparently... That front office thinks he's terrible. I I don't understand why Ronnie Mauricio isn't there. At least the Yankees finally called up Everson Pereira. That finally happened. So stay close again to the pod for our next episode where I will be joined by Robbie Hyde and we will dive into everything going on around Major League Baseball. That is going to do it again for this one. Thank you guys for coming in and listening. I do appreciate you. Again, remember to subscribe and turn those automatic downloads on so you get the content as soon as it is available. Thank you guys again for listening. Go out and make it a great day and I'll catch you next time. 